Hey, hey, it's your girl KV, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Hood Health Report. So as always, thanks for tuning in. Make sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts that you rate and review this show. That'll help a bunch. Make sure you follow the show pages. We're the Hood Health Report or Hood Health Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and now Facebook. So for this week's episode, I decided to focus on something very important to my local community. We are getting ready for Memphis Municipal Elections, October the 3rd. So I figured let's talk about the different candidates and what's happening with the things that we're voting on and just the happenings in general. So even if you aren't from Memphis, just stay tuned. I think it'll be pretty interesting just to see how the politics are here in Memphis. And, you know, just be a supporter. Who said that? So this first clip that we'll get into, it's pretty much going off of the title of the episode, Pound Debate Me Main, which was a hashtag going around from mayor candidate Tammy Sawyer. So the other candidates just, you know, would not agree to the debates. And yeah, so. In a campaign season where there has yet to be a debate between the major candidates for Memphis mayor, WMC Action News 5 partnered with the University of Memphis, NAACP, League of Women Voters, and the Commercial Appeal to organize a debate and extended invitations to the four candidates that met fundraising qualifications. Tammy Sawyer and LaMichael Wilson accepted. Willie Harrington and Jim Strickland did not. Strickland Monday campaigning in Whitehaven laid blame at former Mayor Harrington, who's refused to take the stage. I think you have to have all the major candidates in a debate for it to be, be worthwhile. And when Mayor Harrington said he was not going to debate, it just it undercuts uh, the effectiveness of any debate. WMC Action News 5 political analyst Michael Nelson says Memphis voters are the ones that will miss out. It's a real disservice uh, on the part of uh, Mayor Harrington and Mayor Strickland to the people of Memphis, to the voters of Memphis. It denies them a chance to see these candidates uh, side by side. Meantime, Sunday, Memphis Magazine announced it's pulling its September issue from store shelves amid outrage over political caricatures of Sawyer, Harrington, and Strickland, and calls Sawyer's depiction especially is racist. Because the issue's been pulled, we are not showing the drawings. All three candidates have denounced the caricatures, and the CEO of Contemporary Media Group has apologized, writing, we failed Memphis. The cover really does, I think, convey an overall bad impression to the people of Memphis that they don't have a good choice. They do have a good choice. Nelson says the trio of top contenders represents all walks of life and generations in the Bluff City. It will be up to the voters to decide who they want to carry Memphis forward. The truth is, every one of these candidates brings something to the race that is uh, that makes him or her a legitimate contender. So as you can hear from that clip, the mayor race is real, real messy right now here in Memphis. Of course, the candidate breakdown is... Uh, old black man, a middle-aged white man, and a younger black woman. So, of course, it is split by age demographic for the most part and whether, quote-unquote, you're racist or not. But we'll get into that later. So, I briefly saw the caricature on Facebook of 
the it was extremely disrespectful extremely offensive and honestly it happened so quick that i didn't i can't even tell you what i saw for real for real because at this point it's been so many defacing of her posters and things like that that all of the images have run together but it was extremely offensive and that's a problem within itself that she's hated so much for being this bold black woman that all of her things are being defaced just a lot of mess just a lot of shit about her posters and campaign items being graffitied because you know let's make fun at this black woman but anyway, like the man in the clip said, it, it hurts the voters. It hurts me and you, Memphis, because we don't really get to know how they feel deeply about certain topics. So you just kind of have to go off the very shallow overview that they have out in the media, which I'll play some clips of each candidate throughout the episode. But it really is just some bullshit that they wouldn't debate. All of the debates were canceled, as you heard, you know, multiple debates i want to say at least three or four were scheduled but strickland and harrington just would not abide so so as you heard no debates um the voting day election day is october 3rd early voting has already started i'll post the link for if you're here in memphis and you don't remember your voting location you can look that up just put in your address and look that up so you can make sure you vote early vote on election day whichever you choose but make sure you vote four years ago memphians wanted change and we're bringing you that change we're hiring more police officers paving more streets running government with data like we've never done before we were just named one of the top eight cities in the country using data to improve services to you. We fixed the 911 shelter. We fixed the animal shelter. When we took office, we said we wanted to do more for minority-owned and women-owned businesses. We went from 12% of our contracts to 20%. Memphis has momentum. 24,000 more Memphians working now than three and a half years ago. Billions in development. And of those jobs, Bloomberg News said, we were number one in the percent of our job growth increase in 2018 than any city in the country. And our wages are growing on par and percent wise to great cities like Charlotte and Atlanta and ahead of Dallas, Houston, and Nashville. So we have momentum, we've made progress, but we have a lot more work to do. The violent crime rate is too high, our poverty rate is too high, and our educational achievement is too low. I'm asking you, based on our record and our results, I ask you for another four years. So this next article published by the Commercial Appeal, this is the article that, that included the link with the video containing the different candidates' viewpoints, their little elevator speech, if you will. But it was basically about voters' thoughts I play all of that in pieces by each candidate throughout the episode. But this article basically said that Memphians were concerned with the intertwined web of crime, poverty, and educational attainment. They want to see the city government put greater emphasis on our investment into common education. Many would like to see more police officers on the street, a smaller indigent population, and less litter. Some feel that Memphis' reputation for murder and mayhem holds the city back as much as the violent crime itself. 
So the article basically talked to a bunch of voters and community leaders and they spoke about which candidate they liked best and just kind of what they thought of each candidate. And of course, it was very mixed across the demographic and there were a lot of different viewpoints. But I'm not going to give you any of those. I'm going to let you form them on your own if you haven't already. Why would I ask the citizens of Memphis to vote for me? Very simple. Uh, I love Memphis. Uh, I care about Memphis' future. I'm concerned about some of the critical issues that are facing my city. And uh, I obviously do not believe that the current administration or the candidates are capable of leading this city in the direction in which uh, I and many others think it ought to occur. I'm a proven leader. I mean, I have a track record. Uh, I'm a known public figure. People know what I have done, and it's clear to me what I need to do in the future. So I'm the best candidate. I don't see why this is debatable. I'm the best candidate for Memphis. So next up, we got some news about our current Shelby County mayor and how his proposed tax to fund the matter is just kind of not being received as well as some may have thought. Lee Harris campaigned for mayor, promising a funding solution for MATA. He announced a $10 million plan on Wednesday. I am trying as best I can to move the needle where the need is greatest. Harris says his plan would allow MATA to expand service, helping more citizens in low-income areas of Memphis and Shelby County get to work. $9 million would be raised by imposing a new sustainability fee, a $145 charge per car if you or your company own three or more vehicles. The Memphis Bus Riders Union likes the idea of more reliable, more frequent bus service. I think this plan is really compelling. I think it's really hitting on a lot of the stuff that the Bus Riders Union has been talking about again and again. The sustainability fee would have to be approved by the 13-member Shelby County Commission. I think everybody's constituents are going to react differently. I'm really curious to see what that looks like. Here's a preview of the reaction on Twitter today. Nope, not a fan of this idea. These idiots are trying to drive people out of Shelby County. I hope Mayor Harris and Commission will be holding public hearings to educate the citizens on the issue. At least three public hearings are planned. Public debate expected to be heated. I'm not going to do this us versus them. I didn't run for office so that I could divide up our community into different kinds of slices. And if you are wondering, yes, we still pay an annual $50 wheel tax here in Shelby County. Created in 1987, the money goes toward education and debt service. MATA gets its funding from the city of Memphis, the state of Tennessee, and the federal government. If Mayor Harris's plan is approved, it'd be the first time county government has funded MATA. So Mayor Lee Harris stated that if this is implemented, the sustainability fee can be used to generate revenue that will expand access to jobs, reduce traffic congestion, save emissions, and help preserve our shared environment. However, the sustainability fee was not conceived as a way to tax the rich or pursue some stereotypically partisan objective. In addition to the fee, the plan gives two seats on the MATA board to county commissioners, allows county employees to ride the bus for free, and mandates that the city of Memphis continue to its current level of funding. In the fiscal 2020 budget, the commission allocated $2 million for MATA for capital improvements and asked for two board seats as well. So if you are interested or want to hear more about that, 
Mayor Lee Harris will be holding town halls at Impact Baptist Church on September 26th and Mississippi Boulevard on October 7th. To be honest, I think it's a very interesting tax. Um, I'm not necessarily mad at it because things like this have to be funded. And even though it's framed as it's not a rich tax, it kind of is a rich tax because you're taxing people who have more than X amount of cars in their possession. And I think that can be a bit problematic because it's not tiered. So if your average person just living in Memphis has a household with three cars that could be a mom a grandma and a teenage daughter now they have this extra bill of $145 that they may not be able to afford and you're putting this strain on people that they can't afford and then the tax be the same for a business that has a fleet of vehicles like I think it should be tiered not exactly like but along the lines of how the percentages of taxes are taken out, it should definitely be tiered and not placing that burden on a middle-income family. So this was definitely a discussion in my health policy theory and methods class, and some people offered up the idea that maybe it should be a minimum income that is met before this tax is enforced so you're not just placing a tax on someone that can't afford it just for the sake of this transportation system so the article highlights how some bus riders feel that it's not people's responsibilities to pay for the bus they say that it has nothing to do with them basically because they have cars and it doesn't affect them and it might cause bad blood for people to move out of the neighborhoods as a whole and I think it's kind of messed up that people have to feel guilty about taking citizens' money because they know they're working hard, they got cars, they don't even use the matter to have to pay for it, but the government's not going to pay for it, so what is it going to break down to is the real question. So we'll see how that's voted upon with the officials here in Memphis, and I will definitely keep you updated on that. So next up, we got something that is pretty important, especially since elections is coming up. We got a local option sales tax referendum to appear on Memphis municipal ballot, as reported by the Daily Hellsman. So basically, you will be voting for or against this referendum that will support a 0.5% tax increase to ensure health care and retirement benefits for public safety workers, including Memphis police and fire departments. Proceeds exceeding the 1978 City of Memphis pension plan will be used towards the public pre-kindergarten and street maintenance. The referendum would enact a sales and use tax already effective in all Shelby County cities except for Memphis. The tax would help strengthen public safety while not becoming a burden to citizens, says John Covington, who is the chief steward of the Memphis Police Association. People aren't even aware that this is happening everywhere else. People don't say, I won't go to eat in Germantown or Bartlett over the half-penny tax. Which is true. I didn't even know it was there. And, you know, every so often I'm over in Germantown or Bartlett getting some food or doing this, doing that. So, you know. Anyway, between 2014 and 2016, over 500 police officers were cut from the Memphis Police Department. 
health care and pension benefits promised to public safety workers were also changed. Covington said that these cuts and changes led to an increase in violent crimes. So, personally, warning, warning, my opinion here, I'm going to vote for the tax because I feel like they should have health care, they should have pension, and, you know, if there is some money left over, they should definitely put money into pre-K in the streets. I mean, damn, have you drove down? Have you been down Shelby Drive lately? It is a hot mess. But anyway, the sales use tax would be capped at $1,600. Covington said that the maximum amount collected for the tax would be roughly $8, even if the purchase well exceeded $1,600. We really believe it will have a positive impact in the long run and result in a safer Memphis. So, you know, that don't sound all that bad to me. It's literally $8 for every $1,600 you're spending. Put that into healthcare and pension regardless of how you feel about said people. The fire department needs their healthcare and pension, you know, so... Shelby County Commissioner and candidate to be the next mayor of Memphis. I'm here at the Commercial Appeal today to talk about why it's important for us to get out and vote on October 3rd, and most importantly, the change that I want to bring to our city. We are at a crisis. Our children's education continues to be unfunded in this city. Our roads continue to be unpaved, and crime continues to be high. We have disinvested from the communities that need our support the most. And more importantly, we have people in leadership who are telling you that it's not important for you to hear from them. They're declining to debate, they're declining to attend forums, and they're declining to answer the important questions that challenge why and how we are in this situation after 30 years of leadership between my two main opponents. We have to do better for our future. We have to start thinking about our economic and our environmental challenges, and we have to make change today. Memphis, this race is between the past and a very, very dismal present. Let's make change and vote for the future. October 3rd, choose Tammy Sawyer, which is a choice for you. As one of CNN's most recognizable political commentators, Angela Rye is no stranger to speaking her mind. But it's what she said about Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland that's caused controversy. Speaking at a campaign event for mayoral candidate Tammy Sawyer, she's endorsed, Rye called Strickland a racist. The moment captured on the Sawyer campaign's Facebook Live. You all have apathetic ones in your family members, your families, in your congregations, in your friend circles, in your links chapters. Mm-hmm. Are passively watching a racist govern the city of Memphis. Or the ways in which you encourage... We caught up with Rye and Sawyer at a campaign canvassing event Saturday both declined to speak to us about the controversy, but Sawyer told supporters why race matters in the campaign. Black people are not minorities, they are the majority of the city, and they continue to be systemically disenfranchised and oppressed. We asked Mayor Strickland's campaign about Rye's comments. They sent us this statement saying, this kind of hateful and divisive rhetoric doesn't even deserve a response. It's not the first time Rye has gone after Strickland. In February last year, during an MLK 50 event, she criticized Strickland for what she called 
a lack of progress on poverty and social justice. We can celebrate the progress, but let's not lie to each other about where we are. She was wrong in many of her facts. Uh, she's not from Memphis. She doesn't know what's going on here. A year and a half later, Rye once again speaking her mind, sparking controversy. So, as you can hear, my girl Angela Wright calls such a stir in Memphis, calling these white people out and making sure that these political officials are held accountable of their actions and let them know they not slick. She ain't tell no lie. I ain't seen no lie yet. So, preach on Sister Wright. And, you know, she has good reason to feel like she feels. So candidate Tammy Sawyer was on Behind the Headlines and did an interview and she kind of gave a little backstory on why Angela Rye felt that way and just a lot of her beliefs, what would have been a debate, but had to be an interview. But also was a bit of news recently when CNN commentator uh, Angela Rye came to town and spoke at a campaign event supporting your candidacy and she called, she made some headlines by calling Jim Strickland a racist. Do you think that Jim Strickland is a racist? Thanks for asking. You know, to answer your question, Angela Rye came as a friend and as a supporter. What we need to remember is that the mayor disrespected Angela when she was paid to come to Memphis and speak during MLK 50. He chose not to greet her. Uh, he chose to walk out of the event. Um, and then he went on TV and said, I don't know who she is. In a world where we are continuously watching black women silence, it is not surprising that Angela took offense to that um, and feels that a mayor who continuously upholds uh, systemic racist policies, uh, that she would feel those things about him. And what? so, go ahead, finish your vision. Sure. For me, Angela has her opinion about the mayor. Um, and I feel that she has a right to that opinion. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, what I see in the current administration is a mayor who chooses continuously to silence black people, especially black women, um, who continuously uses his administration uh, to uphold the systemic oppression that we see rampant throughout Memphis. And is not, as we would say, anti-racist. Great book out right now, How to Be Anti-Racist by uh, Ibram Kendi, and I would recommend so many people look at that. And I think that the discussion needs to be about how are the policies that are being upheld about by this administration, how are those funneling well, are those, racism in the city? That's what I was interrupting you to, to yeah. what, are, what, are, what are examples of those policies that you feel are, 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 are yeah. racist policies, upholding racism and suppressing, especially black women? Absolutely. So, I'll, you know, on the oppressing black women front, you know, personally, as a black woman, I have been on the side of surveillance, of uh, being silenced by this administration uh, without any reason for that. Um, you know, there's an article written, really great article this past weekend by Bill himself. But, you know, I was not someone who laid on the mayor's lawn. I was not someone who's ever enacted violence or threatened violence against the mayor. I've actually suffered from violence threatened against me myself. Um, and, you know, even when I think about this entire story of the mayor being the one who removed Confederate statues, but the city provided tactical support and spent dollars to escort the sons of the Confederate 
Confederate veterans back and forth to Forest Park to the point where they actually said thank you to Mayor Jim Strickland and the Memphis Police Department uh, for you know your great support of us. In the meantime, today it's been announced that Crime Stoppers is giving awards uh, for people who were involved in the Frazier unrest. You know, at a time when we are realizing that people are taking to streets, people are continuously protesting because of this continuous um, these continuous issues, and we're allowing the police department to give money to arrest people who were in the Fraser protest. Um, and so it's a continuous disconnect in where people of color are saying they need support. This is a mayor who stayed silent when 630 Latinx people were removed from Mississippi last week. When we have the fastest growing Hispanic population in the state. And, uh, you know, it was said that there were probably at least 150 families who were looking for uh, shelter in Memphis that next night because they were afraid that their homes would be raided as well. Um, this is a mayor who has stayed silent and won't say the names of black people who were killed during uh, police violence. You know, even when you stand with police officers, which as mayor is your right um, and duty to not say the names of those who have been killed. Uh, you know, there's whole movement, say their name. We could go on and on and on. But what we have to do is disrupt racism. What we have to do is be an active disruptor of these systems. You know, just this week, six schools were closed in the first week of school due to either power being out or air conditioning being out. Um, and that's the first week of school. It is ground zero for kids building a foundation. The reason it's tied to racism is because Shelby County Schools is 90% black. So as you can see, there's a bit of a history there with Strickland and Rye to where she might have some opinions that he's a racist and he doesn't respect women. And just looking at the history of his policies and things mentioned in the clips and even his own words. So there's that. So last up on our Debate Me Main episode, like I said in previous episodes, I'm trying to end them on a lighter note. Make sure we get some good news or get some funnies in there. So this next article, this last article is about black history and black excellence. So the Commercial Appeal reports, he nearly died urging African Americans to vote. This fall, Memphians will vote in the James Meredith Building. This was the most important day of his life, said civil rights activist James Meredith. On June 7, 1966, he began his March Against Fear, an attempt to walk from Memphis to Jackson, Mississippi, to promote black voter registration. He started his march at the Peabody Hotel, but then went past 157 Poplar. On the second day of the march, he was shot. An assassination attempt, he survived. 157 Poplar, the downtown headquarters of the Shelby County Election Commission, was renamed the James Meredith Building. This fall, early voting will resume in the building. Nothing could be more fitting than naming a building where voting occurs after him, Meredith said. I think this is the most important event of my lifetime. Meredith was the first African American to attend and graduate from the University of Mississippi. After Meredith was shot on the second day of his march in Memphis, he remained in the city for treatment. Members of the civil rights organizations continued the march, overcoming death threats, arrests, and tear gas. Once recovered, Meredith rejoined the march at its conclusion in Jackson. 
the march resulted in about 4,000 black citizens registering to vote. Shelby County Commissioner Mick Wright, who sponsored the resolution to rename the building, stated there's no better way to honor what happened here in Memphis through James Meredith than to connect these two. The renaming resolution was supported unanimously by the commission. So shout out to James Meredith. If you're early voting and you got the time, go out to that building so you can vote. Take a picture. I think that'll be a really cool piece of history and just something to take note of, Memphis. And, you know, like what a come up. Like you almost died after marching in front of that building for a cause. And now the city is going to rename that building after you. Amen. Shout out to James Meredith. So as always, I would like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hood Health Report. Memphis, if you're listening from Memphis, please make sure you go out and vote. If not on before October 3rd, vote for what you feel is the best candidate for mayor and what you feel is the best for this 0.5% sales tax to, you know, get health and pension to our public officers and always remember stay hood and stay healthy thanks and goodbye